Welcome, everyone, to the Traveling Pulpit Podcast. I am Vernon Sheridan, the man with the unscripted voice, and I want to thank you for joining me on today. Well, Psalms 118 and 24 says, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us all be glad and rejoice in it. I hope that you are as much as I am as well. Well, Traveling Pulpit family, we are back in our series, Christ versus Culture. And on today, we're talking about covenant and command. Covenant and command. What is a covenant? A covenant is an agreement. And a command, a command is a divine rule. We find the covenant and command both given to Abram in Genesis 15. You remember the story of Abram who had no children of his own, but but he and his brother's son, Lot, ventured off after the Lord told him to leave his country and his countrymen and go to a land that he will show him. And Abram was obedient and listening to the Lord. You see, when the Lord calls us, he calls us through a command. He's telling us through his divine rule that he wants us to do something. Now, when he rewards us, that's his covenant with us. Abram received his covenant when he was loyal and obedient to the Lord and the Lord made him a great nation. His command, his divine rule for Abram before he became Abraham was to have himself circumcised in every male member of his house. That was the command. In today, in our world, we have the same covenant and command. Our covenant comes from John 3 and 3. If you remember, Jesus is on the earth now and Nicodemus finds out where Jesus is staying. And Nicodemus is one of the chief rulers of the, uh, of the Jews through the Pharisee religious order. And Nicodemus came to Jesus by night because everything that was done by them was done in secrecy, was done under the cloak of darkness because the intent was evil because they were the ones that ruled over men. They were the ones that were the uh, speakers, if you will. They were the ones that told people what the Bible said and how to rule over them. Pretty much what people say about the Bible today that it was written by people who want to control people, people who were enslaved by other people. It wasn't uh, written by God. It's a man-made book. They say all those goofy and stupid things, but they don't take the time to read or build a relationship with its author. So for those people, we really don't have any conversation for them, but we do offer them the opportunity to build that relationship with Christ like we offer it to everyone. So Nicodemus goes to Jesus at night and he says to him in verse two, he says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, this is where brilliant people 
are come to stupidity. They know absolutely nothing. Brilliant people are sometimes the most dumbest people you ever want to meet in your life because they have no sense of understanding. They only take things the way that they are given to them. And Jesus didn't speak to people that way. Jesus spoke to Nicodemus in a way that an educated person should understand that the way someone who spends as much time in the scriptures as the Pharisees did at that time, they should, he should have understood exactly what Jesus meant, but he had no clue as to what Jesus was talking about, which is why his response was, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? You see, that is something that he took literally. And these incredibly intelligent people, or so they claim themselves to be, these are the people that are the dumbest in the world among all creation. Even the animals are smarter than these people. Because they have no relationship with the creator who made the animals, with the creator who made the world, with the creator who made them. They have no relationship. Because everything they do is in denial of the creator. That is what makes them stupid. That is what makes them set apart from the realities of the world. They study so long and so hard that they don't have the relationship that needs to be attached to the study, which is why he can act something so asinine as he did. And Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of spirit is spirit. You have to understand, traveling pulpit family, that which is born of flesh is flesh. There are people in the world who are only attached to the world. Their only means to this world is to denounce everything that is of the spirit, which is why they say the things they say. They do the things that they do. And they promote the lies that they promote because they are of the flesh. This is why your armor is so important. This is why the helmet, the breastplate, the belt, the shoes, the shield and the sword. This is why it is so important to wear your armor, because if you do not wear your armor, your mind will become Uh, which is already the battlefield, but it will become the stage upon which the battle is taking place. Your heart will be the stage upon which it no longer pumps for the Lord, but it pumps for the world. Your feet will be as if in cement. You will no longer carry a shield of faith. You will no longer wear a belt of truth and you will put down your sword and you will be defenseless to this world. So Jesus was giving Nicodemus the covenant. This is our covenant. We must be born of water and the spirit. Is he talking about baptism? 
or is he talking about something else? I believe Jesus is talking about baptism. Because as a disciple, as we go about our walk with Christ, eventually at some point in our life, we must find water. We must find water and we must be baptized. Accepting the invitation that I give every week from Romans 10, 9, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart and you will be saved. That is the beginning. You, you are saved when you confess with your mouth. You are saved when you believe in your heart. You are saved. You are a part of the kingdom. But Jesus is saying to be born again. One must be born of water and the spirit. I give the invitation so that you can be a part of the kingdom. Jesus wants you through the command to the through the covenant to bear that throughout the world. That is our that is our covenant. Is and 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 when we give go into that covenant with Christ. That's what the enemy doesn't like. That's what the enemy hates. He hates when we find water because we're going down in that watery grave and we're giving the old self to back to the world we used to belong in. And when we come up out of that water, we're coming up a new creation in Christ. We are filled with the spirit and we are walking with him as born again Christians. Born again Christians. That's who we are. We are born again Christians. So what is the command? The command is from John 13, 31 through 35. I say John 13, 31, 35 for your benefit, but I'm going to read John 13, 34 and 35. It says, a new command, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you also, you are to love one another. That is his command for us. He knew, Jesus knew we couldn't live up to the 10. He knew we couldn't live up to the other 300 plus commandments that were, that were part of the Old Testament uh, makeup. But he has come and has taken all of that onto himself so that we don't have to carry any of it except two. And I have a question for you, Traveling Pulpit family. How many of us are actually carrying the two? How many of us are actually carrying the two? A new commandment, love one another. Love one another. How many of us are carrying, carrying them both? Because, because of this, we are in the shambles that we're in. 
love one another. That's all he wanted us to do. And some of us can't even do that. We have a world that has just run completely off the rails. And before long, the train is going to come detached and it's going to be just out of control. You're seeing it right now. A new commandment, love one another. Just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. Well, Jesus is able to do this as he saw his father do with Abram. Make the covenant and give the command. John five nineteen says, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing for whatever, for whatever the father does, the son does likewise. The father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing and greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. Jesus is letting us know that he can do nothing on his own, only but what he saw the father doing. Whatever it is that he saw the father doing in the Old Testament, Jesus did in the New Testament. Meaning, what Jesus did in the New Testament compared to what the father did in the Old Testament is it goes a little something like this. Abram had the covenant made with him through 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 God, the creator, through the creator. He had the covenant made with him for all generations, all nations of the earth. All nations of the earth. Jesus has come to give us the command to all the people. Abram was going to be the father of all nations, but the command and the covenant was with Abram. It wasn't with the children. He was going to be the father of the children. He was going to be the father of many nations. The covenant and command was with Abram. Jesus came to give the covenant and command to everyone. That is why Jesus could do what he saw the father doing because he was doing it in what was allowed to him to do, which was give him the command and covenant to everyone. But God gave the covenant and command to Abram only. After God gave Abram the covenant and command, that's when God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. That's when he became Abraham, the father of many nations. He is the father of many nations, but the covenant and command was with him only. Jesus came to give the covenant and command to us all. I thank God for Jesus. What about you? You know, traveling pulpit family, we are going into a new year. How about that? A brand new year. I'm telling you, I'm excited about what the Lord is doing in this year to year to come. I believe greater things than these are going to happen. I can't tell you the things that 
may happen or will happen. But I can tell you this. I know and I have a relationship with the one who has made all things happen. And I'd like to know, do you have that relationship with him also? Because if you don't, I want to offer to you the plan of salvation. Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Meaning the confession, the confession is the covenant. The believing is the command. And salvation is yours. And as you go on this walk, whomever you may be, whomever I'm speaking to, after you've made this confession and after you have believed in your heart and you go on this journey as you're going on this journey, don't don't travel this journey alone. Find someone that can interpret the Bible, the scripture with truth, not looking for personal gain, not looking for monetary gain, not looking for world popularity, but someone who can can break it down in bite sized watery pieces because that's milk. You're coming into something new. If you are someone who has been walking with the Lord for a time and a time and a time, and you are still struggling and stumbling, I encourage you to reach out to someone who is into the word more, more, uh, more study time or, or, that is studying the word and walking with the Lord, attach yourself with that person, whomever they be, a church, a church member, um, a neighbor, whomever that person may be, because the enemy is gearing up. In fact, he's already launched his plan of attack against those who follow Christ, against those who have the covenant and the command and are doing their best to follow it. It is time for us, the believers, to band together. We are good when we're talking, but we are bad when it comes to action. Now is the time for action. Talk is cheap. Cheap Talk has been going on long enough, but if the enemy is banding up against us and he's making war against the saints, Traveling Pulpit family, I think it's time we band together also. So if you would... Reach out to me on social media, Traveling Pulpit Ministries, on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Let's begin to build our defense. Let us begin to build our refuge. Because what we will not do is we will not attack Satan until he attacks us. We will not take an offense against him. We will always take a defense against him which is why we wear the armor. We do not wear the armor to attack. We wear the armor to defend. There's a reason why I say that. Because we will never win in an offensive battle against Satan. We will always win a battle in a defensive war against Satan because that's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't fight Satan offensively. He fought him defensively. And if you follow Christ, like I believe you do, 
you will follow him defensively and not offensively. So covenant and command. The covenant is to be born again. The command is to love one another. Can you do it? Can we do it? Let us all do this together so that we will one day stand and look at the one who deceived the nations and go, that's it. That is what confused all of us and made us turn against one another. That right there, had I known that existed in the flesh, I'd have beat the, you know, and you know, you know how we talk. Yeah, I would have beat the, because that is just what's happening right now. We are allowing the, the enemy to have the stronghold over us because of the world. And that's all he has. And this world doesn't even belong to him. Think about that for a minute, traveling pulpit family. This world do not, does not belong to him. Not even the lake of fire that's created for him. Nothing. He, he has nothing, but he is using everything that has been created for us against us. That's something to think about. That's something to really sit and ponder. That's why it's so important that we begin to build our refuge. We begin, we, we need to begin to build our community so that we can stand against the devil and his schemes. Well, Traveling Pulpit family, that is it for me. I have uh, hope that you have enjoyed this message. There is more to come because we are going to stay in the series Christ versus Culture. We are going to talk a little bit about faith on next week. And I hope that you are ready for it if it is the Lord's will, because next week is Christmas Eve. Uh, it will be that time where... You know, we sing about his arrival, his birth and and other things that go on during that time. And and uh, I hope that you will be ready for for that message on next week. Uh, Christ versus culture. We'll be talking about faith and that's it. So for the Traveling Pulpit podcast, I am Vernon Sheridan saying to you to tell someone about the glory of and the goodness of the Lord. And if necessary, use words. I love you. Bye for now.